At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Tyreek Hill doing what he has to do to stay in shape. And I'm not going to measure the distance between him and that guy, but that's not six feet. Regardless, now it's six feet. That's what it is. Wait, social distancing exercise. Six feet? Not six feet. Six <laughs> feet? Not six feet. There we go. I have no idea how any human being can do what Tyreek Hill is doing there, but that's one of the reasons why Tyreek Hill is one of the best players in the NFL. He can do things that other people just can't, Chris. Well, it's a great exercise. You know, Tyree Kill, of course, we know what makes him fast and run like he's got two rockets up his butt is he's got unbelievable glutes and hamstrings, as we know. He's got unbelievable legs. Now, this is, Mike, in your prime, in your heyday, okay, you could do that. I I used to do that exercise a little bit right there. Probably not as many as Tyree Kill did, uh, but, you know, I know our producer before we came on, Pete Demolit, a little, little, light, a light, a light, a light, he was like, none of us can do that. And I want to go, I wanted to say, oh, Pete, speak for yourself. I could have done that at one point. Now I would probably pull a muscle for sure and tear my hamstring. I, I'm not sure what it actually tests. If it's a hamstring thing, I think I could do yeah. it. I just feel like it's more like core and stomach that's really well, going to strain you that way. It's all of it, but that's running, right? I mean, that's as for a sprinter. That stuff better be tight and ready to go. And for Tyree Kill, sprinting is his life, but yeah, it's a hamstring issue uh, thing, Mike. And I, I mean, I would love to see a video. You sent that video to me when you went, you're 125 pounds. If you want to go down after work here today and do a few videos and have, you know, your wife Jill hold your ankles and stuff, I, I would love to see you do that. I just don't pop a hamstring because that will really hurt. Yeah, I've done that before, and it did really hurt, and it took forever to heal. So I don't want to do that. But anyway, we mentioned Tyreek Hill, and we show you what he's doing to stay in shape because his team, the Kansas City Chiefs, the overwhelming favorite to get back to the playoffs this year in the AFC. And Caesars has put out the odds for each team in the AFC to make it to the playoffs. And remember, this year there are seven teams that are going to make it from the AFC. Kansas City, minus 1,800 favorite to make it. Meaning, to win $100, you've got to buy an $1,800 ticket. Like, there's got to be other ways to turn your $1,800 into an extra 100 
other than but but hey it's a sure thing right is there any scenario where the Kansas City Chiefs don't make it to the playoffs I mean if Patrick Mahomes suffers a season-ending injury week one and I don't want to jinx him by saying that that would be the only thing that would uh that would be uh, uh even remotely able to derail them Chris I agreed you know I would be shocked if we're not sitting here with you know Kansas City you know they've gotten their defense straightened out you know, Mahomes, the scary thing, has not even reached the peak of his career yet, so he's going to continue to get better. They dealt with his injury and Tyree Kill's injury and Sammy Watkins' injury last year. You know, Damian's, Damian Williams missed games. I mean, they weathered a lot last year, if you really go back and dig into it. And they still, of course, are one of the best teams in football at the end of the regular season. So, yeah, I don't see any scenario. I don't think this is a – to me, Mike – they're a team that's going to thrive off of the Super Bowl win. I don't think they're going to be one of these teams that like, you know, let's say the Baltimore Ravens of 2012 where they win it and then kind of fall into obscurity for a year or two before they get back on the wagon and become competitive. I don't see that. I think this is a team that's going to like run with this momentum and is going to be more scary this year than they were last year. And here's where it's amazing. You've got the Chiefs at minus 1,800, then the Ravens at minus 1,000, again, meaning you got to bet 1,000 to win 100. After that, it drops dramatically. Buffalo minus 200, New England minus 190, Indianapolis minus 155, Tennessee minus 140, Pittsburgh minus 135. Those are the seven teams that are in negative territory. So what it cries out for, when you look at how packed they are together from Buffalo down to Pittsburgh from minus 200 to minus 135, who's the third best team in the AFC behind the Chiefs and the Ravens? I don't know that I can tell you, Chris. No, it's it's a good conversation. It is. And it might be one of the teams that's farther down the list that ends up being the third best team. You know, you mentioned those seven, and then the next three teams on the list are the Browns, the Houston Texans, and the Los Angeles Chargers, where I want to say, whoa, watch out for them. That's a good bet. You can win some money there. But I think ultimately, Mike, if you make me pick who the third best team is in the AFC right now, you know, I'm going to go it's between Tennessee or Buffalo. I'm going to look at them right now. And, and, you know, Tennessee, they kept their team together for the most part. I know they lost Jack Conklin, but they drafted a right tackle at the end of the first round and got some insurance behind him with other guys. You know, so I still look at them as a team to be re- to be reckoned with, uh, with the way Tannehill played in that running game. And I think that defense has gotten better this offseason. But I think Buffalo would probably be the team that I look at to be the third best right now. That would be the leader in the clubhouse for me. I like your point on the Chargers, though. They're at plus 175. There are three teams just on the other side of the seven that are in negative territory where you have to wager more than you can win where you win more than you wager. The Browns plus 130, the Texans at plus 150, and then the Chargers at plus 175. And I kind of like the Chargers at plus 175. If there's going to be seven teams in the AFC postseason field, that's three wild card spots. That's, you know, the three second place teams, unless a third place team gets in from one of the divisions, which is possible but not likely. I could see the Chargers finishing second in the division and being good enough to get a wild card berth over the second place team in say the AFC South, Chris. I, I, I'm I'm with you. I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, yeah, the Chargers. You know, again, top five defense last year. That's only going to be better this year with the draft pick and Kenneth Murray and Derwin James being back healthy. So you know, I, I, and they've made some adjustments to their offensive line. I, I'm with you. You know, and, and let's not forget a lot of the pieces are in place. This is why they were 12 and four in the 2018 season. So. Yeah, I, I, the, the the bottom of that list there, those last few teams, I mean, 
Again, Houston, I understand they lost DeAndre Hopkins, but there's still some good stuff on that football team too. And Deshaun Watson's still one of the best players in football with weapons all around him. So that could be very scary. And, hey, the team that I am not sleeping on, Mike, is the Cleveland Browns. I'm not. I think this is, this is going to be a year where they're going to be a real player in the AFC. I do. I just think there's too much pressure on too many people and too many players, especially in that organization, to where you're going to get their best shot. And I think they're going to surprise some people this year. Texans made it to the final eight, had a huge lead over the Chiefs in the divisional round. That DeAndre Hopkins trade, though, caused their betting odds on any subject to just plummet. And maybe maybe they fell too far. We'll see. They're going to have to fill that position, though, because Hopkins clearly the best receiver on the team. I remember talking to Darius Leonard, the Colts linebacker, after the Colts beat the Texans during the season, and right. they broke up a fourth down play that was thrown to DeAndre Hopkins. And he said, he's the, that's all they got. He's their guy. We know that's where right. the ball's going with the game on the line. So they're going to have to find somebody else who the ball is going to go to with the game on the line. All right. How about this question? Yeah. For the 2020 AFC champion, would you rather have the chiefs and the Ravens, one of those two teams definitely go to the Super Bowl or the field, the other 14 teams in the AFC? Well, so like when we say the field, can we still pick one of those teams? Everyone. Right? Can we pick the it's, Chiefs no, versus all of them? Oh, we, you get all of them. Yeah. My okay, point is okay, sorry, the AFC sorry. champion. You can either right. have the Chiefs or the Ravens on one hand, or any of the other fourteen teams. All of the other fourteen teams. If it's one of the other fourteen teams, you win. What do you take? Well, this is a good question. I know we're going to do this with the NFC in a little bit, too. Uh, so You're just buying time, I, aren't you? No. Well, because, all right, so I, I think I would take the Ravens and Chiefs. I, I, that's what I want to see. I think that the, in the AFC, as much as there is like, hey, listen, would I be excited to see Chiefs versus Patriots in an AFC championship game? I definitely would, uh, yes. Uh, would I be excited to be see Chiefs? And Browns, AFC Championship game, Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry and Miles Garrett coming into town to play, you know, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. That that could be fun. But I think ultimately I do want to see the Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, part three of their showdown. Well, that'll be end up being part four by next year if the schedule is complete. Uh, but, but, yeah, I just think those are two of the marquee players on our, uh, in our league. And then there are two teams that have been very, very competitive here the last two years and are certainly in that, you know, Super Bowl combo. I want to make sure that you understand this. Let's try this one more time. We're not saying that it'll be Chiefs versus Ravens for the AFC Championship. We're saying one of those two teams will be the AFC champion or it'll be any of the other 14. Where are you more comfortable that it's going to be either the Chiefs or the Ravens in the Super Bowl or any of the rest? I think I feel most comfortable with going Chiefs and Ravens in the Super Bowl. Yes. I also yeah. want to see that in the AFC Championship game. But, yes, if I if you made me put down money for that specific question there, yeah, I'm going to put it – I would put it down on the Chiefs and Ravens, one of them getting there, you know, before the field. What do you yeah, – you the same you know, way? I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you, but, boy, that really narrows it down. And, and yeah. my approach to something like that usually is to always take the field. Now – the prop is usually one team like, Hey, are you taking the Patriots or the field? I always take the field because 
only one crazy thing has to happen to the Patriots, and it definitely will be somebody from the field. Not definitely, but it's more likely it'll be somebody from the field. I'm going to, you know, this is one that I hope we remember, and I hope I hope we get an answer. I hope there's a football season that will answer this question. I think I'll go with the field. I just wow. think there's, there's just two. That, look, I mean, how rare is it that a team gets back to the Super Bowl in consecutive years? That doesn't happen unless you're the Patriots. Maybe the Chiefs do it, and, and fine. Ravens, they had that special season. Now they got to go back to zero and zero. I think it's hard for teams that have that great season that gets them in position where they are in the vicinity of the brass ring and they fall off the horse. I think they forget how hard it is to get back in position to grab the brass ring. And I think that you can get knocked wobbly early on. Plus, plus opposing defenses will have had the full offseason to figure out how to stop Lamar Jackson in this new offense. So yeah. I just well, think we said that, that last other, year too. So we're talking about, <laughs> I know, I know, but, but they got a greater incentive to now. And I think it's going to be harder for the Ravens to replicate what they did last year after getting so close last year and having it blow up on a Saturday night at home in the divisional round. I just think you got 14 NFL caliber teams. Well, I, yeah. If I got to pick between two and 14, I'm going to take the 14. I'm, I'm just, something's going to happen. I'm more comfortable saying something's going to happen to get one of those 14 in over the Chiefs and the Ravens. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I hear you. It's a, it's a great combo. Um, Especially when I, one I, of them is coached by Bill Belichick. Well, yeah, I, I, and I, I get that too. Now, and, and I certainly don't want to forget them. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked sitting here if the Patriots are playing in the AFC Championship game against one of these two teams when it's all said and done. I, I don't at all. You know, I mean, I think they're a team that we could sit here and certainly have put them in the conversation for the third best team in the AFC, regardless if Brady's there or not. But I think, you know, the, the point you make about the Ravens, it's very real. Uh, I, I hear you. But, you know, this is a this is two years in a row playoff football team. They had a great offseason. I mean, you could sit here and argue that the Ravens won the offseason in the NFL. So they've improved their team. They're going to have a new, enough new pieces to where it's not going to be the same group in the locker room. There'll be a new energy. And I just think between John Harbaugh, who's a psycho, and I say that in a good way, is always hungry and working and grinding and energy. And then when you have a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, who we see has like an infectious leadership quality throughout the football team and wants to be great, I just don't think they're going to let their teams fall off too far. Whether they get to the Super Bowl or the AFC Championship, I don't know. But I, I really would be shocked if the Ravens aren't one of the best teams in the AFC. I remember making this point last year as the playoffs approached, and it will be an even more important point if the Ravens make it back to the playoffs again or when they make it back to the playoffs again this year. They better get a playoff win soon because this is getting closer and closer to becoming a narrative that they can't win playoff games. And what what does that ultimately become? It becomes a giant ball and chain that you're dragging around until you finally win a playoff game. Look at the Bengals under Marvin Lewis. 2011, 12, 13, 14, 15, the playoff appearances before that. And every time, it was driving Marvin Lewis crazy. Every time they're in the playoffs, what's the first question? Why can't you win a playoff game? If Lamar Jackson starts his career 0-3 in the playoffs, he is not going to be able to get away from that. It's going to get harder and harder to win that first playoff game. It's going to be a weight on your shoulders that you can't shake. And it's already going to be heavier this year than it was last year. If they lose this year in their first playoff game, man, it's, it's, uh, they may not make the playoffs at all in 2021, Chris. 
Hey, I mean, you know, maybe. I just don't see it in the DNA of that group of guys they got on that football team. And then when you add guys like Calais Campbell on the defensive side of the ball, I just, you know, listen, I just, I like those moves. And, and you know, I, and again, I'm not trying to discredit anything you say, Mike. I mean, it, there, there's a lot of realness to that. I was on a team my rookie year that won the Super Bowl and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and people were talking about them. Will the Buccaneers go undefeated? And then there we were at like the halfway point of the year, and we were 500. So, it's easy to fall into that trap of, oh, we were good last year. We'll be good again this year. It'll, it'll be okay. All right, I just want to ask you this because I do like your gut. You know that. It's got lots of spaghetti and meatballs in there. Who, if, if you're not going to pick the Chiefs and Ravens, if you just had to give me your next two teams in Mike Florio's world, who, who are they going to be? If you had to lay money down on the field and just put one or, you know, one or two teams, who are the teams that jump out to you to go, I think that could be the team? I know it's early and we're just – we're talking. It's May. So who you got? Patriots and Steelers. Okay. Patriots. I hear St- you. Steelers, Steelers have a long history of grossly exceeding low expectations. And this year, the expectations are going to be as low for the Steelers as they've, they've been in years. And, and those are the years where the Steelers show up and start kicking the crap out of everybody and just quietly build a great season and put themselves in position to contend. So I think the Patriots and the Steelers. One last thing about the Ravens, though. i got to give them credit. They are not resting on what they did last year. You mentioned right. Calais Campbell. Yeah, right. the, the J.K. Dobbins pick, the things they've done to make that team better, to get that fresh blood in there to avoid the complacency and maybe to ensure that the next time they get to the postseason, that, that, that there's enough change from what they've already had that it will right. be easier to get that victory. Because, you know, look, uh, who would have expected them to lose at home after that season to the Titans? Who would have expected it? Nobody expected it. I sure didn't, and you didn't either. All right, uh, yeah. let's take a break. If you liked what we just did, we're going to do it again with the NFC. If you didn't like it, we're still going to do it anyway when PFT Live <laughs> continues right after this. <laughs> Not nearly as uh, top-heavy in the NFC as it is in the AFC. We looked at the odds to make it to the playoffs, courtesy of Caesars for the AFC now in the NFC. Jam-packed at the top. You've got the Saints, minus 330. Again, bet 330 to win 100 if they make it. 49ers, minus 325, just behind the Saints. Then the Cowboys, minus 250. Buccaneers, minus 210. Two teams that didn't make the playoffs last year are number three and four on the list. Philadelphia minus 190, Green Bay minus 140, the Seahawks and the Vikings both at minus 125. And when I add those up, the minus territory, there are actually eight teams where you have to bet more than you win. And there's only seven playoff spots. That tells you how many good teams there are right now, Chris, in the NFC. Yeah, well, and, you know, with the new arrival of coaches in Dallas and the excitement, and you think, whoa, they got C.D. Lamb and did a few other things. That excites you for the Cowboys. We know that was a talented roster. And then, of course, the Tom Brady effect in Tampa Bay and the talent they've accumulated down there. You know, I think that's that's given a little shakeup to the NFC in general. So, yeah, it's man, that is a tightly contested group. And yes, when you just sit there and look at it and you look at the Los Angeles Rams as being one of those teams that's down and out or, you know, a little on the outside looking in, I just still go, man, that's a talented football team. I would not be shocked if we're sitting here and the Rams are in the playoffs next year. So 
Uh, it is. It's very tight. And really, after those first two teams, I think it's a pretty much a crapshoot other than the, the 49ers and the Saints. And, and I'm surprised the Bears are plus 155 right behind the Rams. I, I would not take that bet. I would have expected the Bears' odds to be a lot longer to get to the playoffs, given that just sense of of uncertainty and dysfunction at the quarterback position. I, I just I'm not ready to keep their odds in that kind of a window. And when we see Green Bay on here at minus 140, they are number six on the list. Actually, yes, it is number six on the list after going 13-3 and last year. This isn't a post-Jordan Love development. Remember, we talked about the odds before the draft of uh, the over-under for the Packers. And the over-under win total was 8.5. And, and we were like, what in the hell is Vegas thinking? Well, maybe they knew something we didn't because the perception of the Packers has changed dramatically when you use your first-round pick and your fourth-round pick because you use the fourth-round pick to trade up to get a guy that's not going to help Aaron Rodgers win this year. That does kind of take some of the, the shine off of the Packers, Chris, and it, it makes that minus 140 uh, where they're behind five other teams in the odds. It, it, it makes it more sensible. Well, yeah, it does. It makes it more sensible. Also, when you look at it and go, the teams that are in front of them – I think improved themselves like a lot more than the Packers did this off season. So I think there is that aspect along with like, yeah, the dysfunction of what you're talking about. And, you know, the other thing that I'll say too, you know, the Packers last year, they didn't have to play a first, first place schedule. That's going to be a little different. You know, you know, they, they didn't have to, to play some of these teams in front of them. And when they did, they didn't do well against Philadelphia or San Francisco, but they never had a deal with the new Orleans saints. You know, I know they can beat the Dallas Cowboys and all that. But, yeah, I, you know, Green Bay is a team. You know, I'm not as excited about them as the teams that are in front of them. Now, I'll say this much. Their, their division, I think, helps them out a lot. Because I'm not so sure that, you know, any of the teams really close the gap a whole lot either on Green Bay. You know, you said it. The Bears, there's still major question marks there. The Lions, yeah, they got a little bit better. But I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, man, watch out for the Lions. Uh, and then the Minnesota Vikings, you know, again, did some good things, but I, I don't think they've rearranged their roster to make me think a whole lot different about them. I think they're kind of neck and neck with Green Bay, and it'll come down to those two head-to-head -head meetings as far as, you know, who wins the NFC North. All right, let's do the exercise that we did as it related to the AFC where we took uh, the Ravens and the Chiefs or the field for identifying the ultimate AFC champion. So in the NFC, you've got Saints and 49ers on one hand. If either get to the Super Bowl, you win. Or the other 14 teams. Who are you taking? Saints and 49ers or the field? Man, this is a tough one. You know, the, the, because what I, what I see in the NFC a little tough, bit. If it's tough, take the field. If it's tough, take the field. I, I, I probably would take the field. I do think the Saints and the 49ers teams are a, a notch up on the rest of these teams we have on the list. I think the other thing that scares me, though, a little bit in this one is the teams that are right below them have really good quarterbacks, uh, and you know the team is also good along with it. It's not like what we talked about with the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson where we went, man, there's some questions about the team right now. Ooh, but they do have Deshaun Watson. No, you know, you look at Philadelphia and you go, oh, well, if Philadelphia is healthy this year with Carson Wentz, that's scary. They could be really damn good. Tampa Bay, that same thing as we know. Dallas, I think it's the same conversation. So I think in the NFC, I will go the field. 
even though, man, it's hard to do. I, you know, I, I think the 49ers and Saints are still going to be towards the top of this conversation when all said and done. All right, I'll ask you the question you asked me last segment. Give me the two teams other than the Saints and the 49ers. Oh, man. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to go Dallas and Philadelphia. As much as I want to say Tampa, I just got to see it a little bit first. All right? I do. You know, again, this is a weird offseason with a team that's got a lot of new pieces. It was the worst pass defense in football last year. Okay, so with all those things, I just got to see it a little bit before I'm just going to on paper go, oh, yeah, they're the other two teams. I think Dallas and Mike McCarthy and Mike Nolan being there as the defensive coordinator is going to add juice and give that team a little bit more of a schematical advantage than they've had in years past. And I think the Eagles, you know, if they can stay healthy, have had a pretty good offseason too. And I think Carson Wentz is on the verge of being a top five quarterback in football to where I think they're going to be up there too. You continue to disappoint your guy, Aaron Rodgers. You have no faith in your guy, Aaron Rodgers. Look, with all the stuff that's happened, I still believe that, that, that this is going to be the proverbial red-hot poker to Aaron Rodgers. Last year when they had the dysfunction following the firing of Mike McCarthy and there was the article in Bleacher Report and, and Mark Murphy, the CEO, came out and said, I kind of like this. I kind of like this. I think it's going ma- to make people upset. It's going to make the team better. And they went 13-3. and three. Well, there's stuff that's going to make Aaron Rodgers upset and maybe it's going to make him better. I think the Packers and the Seahawks are the two to watch. I, I just think that that if, if, if Rodgers is going to go out this year after the season – and, and ask for a trade or finagle a trade or get traded whether he asks for it or not. I think he kind of wants to go out in a blaze of glory. And uh, I, I think he will. Well, I, I, I don't doubt that. You know, I'm not doubting my man Aaron Rodgers. You know that. I mean, you know, yeah. And there's a part of me right now that wants Aaron Rodgers to throw 40 touchdowns and five interceptions and shoot the middle finger of the Green Bay Packers and say, see ya, trade me. I don't want to be here anymore. I mean, there's there's a part of me that's hoping for that right now. Um I would take the, 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 like a little bit what you said with Baltimore in the last segment is what would worry me a little bit about Green Bay. You know, we talked about late last week where we just said, if you're staying the same, you're getting worse. You know, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. And the, the, the Packers have kind of taken the, oh, we're, we were good last year. We, didn't, we don't need much to our roster. They're kind of sticking their nose up to the NFL. We're, we'll be back. You know, and I just don't know if I can buy that. I think some of the teams that we have listed here in front of them got significantly better let alone they're gonna have to play that first round that first place schedule which will be tougher and I think the other thing that scares me too is you know again I just I don't know how you can feel that good when you just get steamrolled the way you did against some of the better offensive lines and physical running football teams the way you did in Green Bay last year so those are those are my concerns Uh, but I you know I'm rooting for Aaron Rodgers to stick it up everybody's butt that way I, thank you for that. I, just, I, I Well, I, I've got this vision uh, like the final scene of either of the Longest Yard movies where Paul Crew takes the ball and hands it to Warden Hazen. And I don't know who Warden Hazen would be 
in this scenario? Would it be Gutekunst? Would it be LaFleur? Would it be Mark Murphy? Would it be all three of them where he says, stick this in your trophy case and walks off into the sunset? <laughs> I, I just, yeah, right. There, there's, there's a way that things play out that that's exactly how it transpires. Let's take a break. Next, you're going to hear a little bit more from Chris's chat with Vikings receiver Justin Jefferson. And then with the schedule release coming today, we're going to do a draft of the teams we want to see most in prime time. More PFT Live coming at you right after this. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Go for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long for Darwin Nunez to make an impression. The hope of rewriting history. And the hope of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA and Peacock. I'm Andrew Luck, and this is the 2019 Indianapolis Colts schedule. Week one, at Los Angeles Chargers, week 17, at Jacksonville. That's it. Andrew Luck from last year announcing a schedule in which he would participate in a total of zero games, Chris. And look, every team seems to be now coming up with some creative way to announce their schedule via their social media accounts or their website. So we'll be seeing that tonight. And actually, the teams have been given the green light to announce their schedules individually 30 minutes before the schedule is actually released by the NFL, which means we're going to know all the games at 7.30. Everybody's going to announce their schedules then, and we just have to go look at the various team websites or Twitter accounts, and we'll see what they are. So in anticipation of the schedule release, today's draft is the teams we want to see the most under the lights in prime time. You've got the trivia question. I'm under the hot light to try to get it right. If I get it right, I get the first pick. What do you got? All right. Well, I think this one's easy. I mean, this is like what color is blue day for you. It's unreal, the questions they give you. Here we go. Four teams played six primetime games last season. Four teams played six primetime games. Most in the NFL. Name one of them. One of the teams that played six primetime games. See, is this a trick? Did the Cowboys not play six last year? Is this where you're trying to lead me? I'll say the Vikings. 
Man, what a you're horrible. I just can't believe you didn't get this. You're by you don't know your own team's primetime games last year? They didn't you play six games. Well, you know what? Six? You know no, what? They didn't they lose did six games, so they didn't lose six games, so they couldn't have played six games in primetime. No, time. well, yeah, they they wanted to put them on primetime, but you crapped on Kirk Cousins and his primetime record so many times that they decided not to give them six. So <laughs> no. The correct so, so answer was 49ers, Packers, Steelers, and Rams. 49ers went five and one. Packers were four and two. Steelers and Rams were both three and three in prime time. So I knew it wasn't the Cowboys. I knew it was a setup on the Cowboys. I just guessed wrong on the on one of the other teams that made it. Yep. Okay. Here we go. Um, well, I'm gonna. I, you know, I don't care that it's it's obvious. I'm I'm gonna go with the Buccaneers. I mean, come on. Yes, of course that's who I want to see in prime time. One. You know, I'm an ex-Buccaneer player. It's the team that uh, I hold dearest to my heart, along with the New York Giants. And two, you know, what? it's can't-miss TV. It's Tom Brady and Bruce Arians and 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 Rob Gronkowski and Ndamukan Sue and, of course, Shaquille Barrett. I mean, there's a lot of household up-and-coming stars and already proven stars on that Tampa Bay football team. And, of course, we're always interested to see when you put that many different cast of characters together – on a given team, can it work? You know, will it work? How long will it take to gel and really come together? And the fact that, you know, again, they're in a really good division in the NFC South. The Saints and Falcons certainly aren't going to be any pushovers. Uh, yeah, the Bucks are the team I, I, I'm most, ex- most excited to see. Yeah, that is the obvious answer. And, you know, for us, and I, I, for any football fan, if you really are serious about following the sport – the thing you appreciate about primetime games is that's the only game that's on. You're not right. worrying about the other seven games at 1 o'clock Eastern or the other four games late afternoon. You got one game you can focus on. It feels like a big deal, and you really can enjoy and appreciate what's happening. That's why I'm going with the Packers because the Packers have accepted, whether they did it intentionally or not, this mantle of potential for dysfunction. I want to see how it plays out this year. I want to study every facial expression of Aaron Rodgers, every sideline communication with his head coach, Matt LaFleur. I want to see what Rodgers does now that they are putting him in a position where he feels like they are pulling the train into the station, whether the train wants to go into the station or not. I think every Packers game will be fascinating this year. And the bigger the stage the greater the potential for somebody maybe blowing a gasket if things don't go well. So put me down for the Packers first pick. I, oh, all right. I like it. I like, oh, Aaron Rodgers, I think you have another fan on your bandwagon. You're really, I mean, I'm really, are you sure? Are you sure you're going to root for the Vikings this year? I feel like you're more on Aaron Rodgers' bandwagon this year than ever. I'm kind of liking here's the thing, this. And here's what, here's what people don't realize, and I let you – I let you goose me about, you know, fan loyalties. And look, we got into this this business because we love football. You played it. I mean, how you have you have strong interests. I think now I get more caught up in storylines and individuals. I have people that I like. And even though people think I don't like Aaron Rodgers, I like Aaron Rodgers. And I feel like the Packers have done him wrong. And I think it's a great story. I want to see him do well. I want to see him go out there and have a great season and have the Packers admit either privately or publicly, maybe we shouldn't have drafted a quarterback. So, yeah, I'm, I think it's very compelling. Yeah, that's cool. That's why I like you. You keep it 100. If you don't like something, you speak the truth. If you do, you speak the truth, too. So I, I, I'm, I've got much respect for you along, along those lines. I mean, 
it, I I hate to do this, but like, I'm sorry. I mean, to me, the team I want to I want to see Patrick Mahomes, the Kansas City Chiefs. I know it's like not a fun pick or like you know lacks creativity, but damn, I mean, number fifteen in red is the most fun thing to watch in football for me right now. You know, and then you know you add the fact that. I just think they're going to be flying high from the Super Bowl win with the bullseye on their back at the same time. And I think they're welcoming this. I think this is a team that's really looking to be like a dynasty or make their mark on history. I don't think one Super Bowl is going to satisfy the the appetite of Mahomes and Andy Reid and Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. I really think they're going to love being the team with the bullseye on their back this year. I do. And I just think with that, uh, and of course, just Mahomes becoming a better and better football player, you know, and as exciting as he is to me, he's the most fun watching the game right now. Him and Aaron Rodgers are can't miss TV. So you took Rodgers and I'll take Mahomes next. Yeah, I thought about taking the Chiefs instead of the Packers. And you're right. You want to see the champions. You want to see them on the big stage. You want to watch greatness. We like to witness history, right? That's one of the things sports fans love to do. That's why. Kids who are watching basketball today are trying to make the argument LeBron James was better than Michael Jordan. Maybe if they're watching the last dance, they feel differently. But we all want to say we had a front row seat for something historic. And Patrick Mahomes is historic. And the more of those games we can watch in prime time, the more we can say we are witnessing that kind of history. Now, yeah. similar but but different, I want to see the 49ers in prime time. Because... I, look, they are a team that's going to have a target on their backs from making it to the Super Bowl last year. Can they replicate it? Will Jimmy Garoppolo rise to the occasion? He's been doubted, rightfully so, by virtue of the fact that he missed Emmanuel Sanders when he was open with a potential championship throw at the end of the Super Bowl. Will he function well under the bright lights, or will he crater a little bit? Will we see that elaborate Kyle Shanahan running game that we love to watch. The 49ers are a fun team to watch. They have a great defense. It's fun to watch them play defense. It's fun to watch them play offense. Will Kyle wear that trucker hat next year? Plenty of other questions that will all be satisfied to the maximum if we watch the 49ers in prime time as much as we possibly can. So put me down for yeah. St. Fran. Yeah, but I, I'm with you. I thought about taking them in the second round. They were one of the teams that I, I, I was kind of tossing around too. You know, yeah, Shanahan brings an exciting brand of football. I mean, gosh, every every time they were on a primetime game last year, it was lots of big plays and, you know, create creativity where you just went, wow, that's really cool. Look at that route or look at that screen or that's a really cool reverse or play action pass, whatever it may be. And, you know, yes, they have a little bit of a bullseye on them a little bit, too, to your point. I mean, it's they're the NFC champ. And, you know, again, the ongoing scrutiny or dissection of Jimmy Garoppolo does make for good primetime TV. It does. I mean, we all know he's good. You know, we just want to see, yeah, can he be great? Can he bring that team to another level? And then there is a lot of personalities on that team. You know, we got the primetime, you know, Richard Sherman Oh, he didn't shake my hand, even though we have 10 different camera angles that he shook your hand. So they have personalities that are really fun, you know, whether it's Richard Sherman or Nick Bosa. And they just have a great energy about them that we got to witness oh. in person for that divisional playoff game. And, and we need to have a camera on the sidelines at all times to see any interaction between Richard Sherman and his new teammate, Trent Williams, dating back to the, the, uh, the game <laughs> yeah, where, right. where Williams slapped him in the face. Right. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, that that well, that, that'll be fun. I mean, that'll be something the locker room will make fun of and hype up a little bit when they first walk in there. 
because they did. That was after what the wild card game in 2011. Game. Right, right, and uh, yep. yeah, 2012. Well, 2012. But um, yeah, that'll that'll add some excitement to the locker room altogether. But I'm with you. The 49ers is a good one. All right, my third one. I can't believe I'm gonna do this, but I am. Because, you know, a little bit of like star power, dysfunction, you know, I'm going with Cleveland Browns, baby. Cleveland. Yes, I don't care. You know, I don't know how good they're going to be, but I know they're exciting. And the pressure's on Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. And, you know, the last time they were in primetime last year, Miles Garrett was smashing some guy over the head with a helmet like it was a weapon. So, uh, they also had, you know, the Rams game debacle at the end of that football game as far as uh, prime time last year. But then there was the excitement of the Jets game with OBJ catching the long touchdown passes and all that. And, you know, to me, it's just a lot of personalities on this team. And there is legitimate talent. And I think that, along with a new coach and Kevin Stefanski, the analytics department running the football team, and... Uh, the pressure on, I think, some of these stars, like Baker Mayfield would be a guy that I would say has more pressure on than just about anybody in football. And I don't think Odell Beckham Jr. and Miles Garrett are far behind in the whole scope of the league, let alone all three of them being on the same team. So uh, I I, want to see them do well for Cleveland. And I like those guys. And I think it will be a fun watch. You did well with your first two picks, but I'll tell you what, you left one on the board that you should have taken. By, by getting greedy to watch OBJ and the Browns, how can you not want to see maximum games involving Drew Brees in his last season in the NFL and everything else that goes along with the Saints? There's something magical about those games that are broadcast out of the Superdome. The feel, the lights, the fans. Hopefully the fans sure. will be there. Sean Payton's offenses, Taysom Hill with the change of pace. I, I just I think the Saints... Uh, Saints Bucks in prime time, maybe Saints Bucks in prime time twice. You know, Cowboys Giants is always a game that there's a lot of push and pull, and the networks want that game. I think this year the Saints Bucks games, there's gonna, there's probably been a lot of discussion behind the curtain about who wants what game when it comes down to Saints Bucks. But it'd be great to see both of those games in prime time. Um, it would so, be, uh, yeah. I would love to we see left, late we left in the, the season. Ravens. I know. I know I did. I know. I mean, there's no disrespect we to any both of them. Did. We both left the Ravens on the board. They're exciting. I want to see Buccaneers Saints, one of those primetime games, or if it's only one, I want to see it later in the year. Because I'm really rooting for Brady and Breeze to be like neck and neck with the all-time touchdown conversation and kind of see who ends up on top. Because, again, I know we know it's Drew Breeze's last year. We think Tom Brady is playing for two more years. But I still think there's a good chance Tom Brady could end this year and go, okay, I'm done. See you guys later. So uh, I know we, met, we, we, we left Lamar Jackson on the board and the Ravens. As exciting as they were on primetime football, we probably messed up as far as that's concerned. I blame that on you. No, I, I yeah, I, look, there's only six spots in the draft. There's plenty <laughs> of teams. Here's the bottom line. There are plenty of great teams in the NFL right now. There are plenty of great potential primetime games this year. We left off the Cowboys. Yes, there is. We left off the Ravens. I left off the Vikings by design because we know what happens when they play in (laughs) primetime. All hey, right. the Cardinals, Kyler Murray, and DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. I, I, that was another team I thought about throwing in this list. Seahawks. We didn't mention this. I almost took the Seahawks in round three. The Seahawks they're, are a fun game, to, a fun team to watch. I mean, they are. With all they these great they're always show up. 
You want yeah. to see them play. You want to be able to study them, watch their teams, and enjoy those games and stand alone. And here's the thing. If the NFL ends up backfilling Saturday, if there isn't college football, we're going to have some standalone games that slide into Saturday. Uh, maybe some of these great quarterbacks and great teams that we don't see in primetime we'll see in standalone Saturday games if there isn't college football. But hopefully there will be college football, right? We need to take a break. We're going to wrap up the show with a crazy story coming out of the uh, Ravens organization and safety Earl Thomas. Uh, a troubling story, a serious story, uh, but uh, something we definitely have to share with you before we wrap up this Thursday edition of PFT Live. We'll be back with more right after this. So last night, out of the blue, Earl Thomas posted a video on social media saying his agent just let him know that there's going to be on TMZ tomorrow a story about an altercation that happened with Earl and his wife, Nina. I wanted to get ahead of it, Earl said. I mean, it's really not anybody's business. It's pissing me off that it got out, but that's the world we live in today, et cetera, et cetera. Well, once he put that video out, TMZ accelerated the timeline to immediate, not Thursday morning. And the story is very troubling. But, uh, man, it could have turned out very, very badly. Uh, Earl Thomas was at a rental home. He was tracked there by his wife via his Snapchat account. When his wife got there with a couple of friends, uh, he was there with his brother and with some women, and uh, clothing was optional. And uh, she put a gun to Earl Thomas's head, and uh, she claimed that she was just trying to scare him. She took the clip out of the gun, but there was still a round in the chamber, so it could have gone very, very badly. And by the time police got there, according to the police report, according to TMZ, Earl had gotten the gun away from her. She was chasing him around with a knife. So, look, she faces charges uh, for this incident, Chris, and it could have turned out much worse than it was. And people are going to poke fun at it all day long. It's a serious family issue. And uh, here's hoping they get their issues resolved. Um, but, uh, man, it, it, it really could have turned out badly for Earl Thomas. Well, yeah, it definitely could. I mean, that's that's dangerous what you hear there. I mean, it really is. And you're right. I'm just I'm thankful that nothing serious or crazy did happen. Uh, hey, it's love, marriage. You know, it's it's not always easy. And apparently, you know, they're they got to fix some things in their relationship. But I know Earl's a smart guy and, and they'll figure it out. Yeah, we hope uh, that that happens and we wish them the best. It's a difficult time for any family and uh, hopefully others learn from those lessons and avoid similar behaviors. And that's it for today's PFT Live. We'll see you back here on Friday. Re-air starts now. Uh, have a great day. See ya.